Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we have Brandon Bogard with us here today. Brandon, where in the world are you? Uh, New York City. I'm down in Soho in Manhattan right now in my office. So the center of the universe. <laughs> so they say. So one of the things that was kind of interesting, as we started recording this episode, there was like problem after problem after problem. And I think one of the things as we get confident in the things that we do, when mishaps happen, is not that big a deal. Uh, so, you know, when you're doing real estate, there's a million things that can go wrong. Tell me about a time in your career when you weren't good at that skill. When shit went sideways, you kind of panicked. And now you're probably, you know, kind of in the zone. So tell me about one of the early days when you were starting out. I mean, man, I I still figure it out now. I mean, as you grow that skill, you get better at figuring it out. But Mm. I'm trying, I can't, there's a million of those of, uh, of uh, examples. I mean, you know, we've been selling real estate for the last 15 years. You put me on the spot. I'd have to think of a really entertaining one, but, um, but the point's being made. It's like, it's a skill that you build up. And what's kind of interesting is this, is that uh, if we were together and uh, I'm really centered and focused and confident and very likable, which I happen to be, uh, that if things went wrong, you could leverage my confidence in whatever transaction we're doing. And that's part of the responsibility of the realtor is if you build up enough trust, when things go sideways, the customer doesn't freak out. Let's say, okay, Brandon's got this. So this that's interesting to me, that relationship, because it's not a long relationship. So tell me about uh, the importance of trust and how you build trust with a total stranger. Right. You know, real estate is you're, you're really an advisor in a small window of time when people enter and exit property, right? So you're right in that you need to have the confidence in advising someone in keeping them calm because it is a very emotional process. It's, it is something they want in, in New York City or say you're in Toronto, I know that there's low inventory and keeping a cool head and helping someone else keep a cool head in a very, very expensive and emotional process is clutch and that comes with repetition of things going south right you you learn how to adjust on the fly and then you go through these big problematic things um and then you say okay i'll better i'll know better how to advise in that situation in the future and then you you need to learn also to convey that to someone when they start getting very emotional that you can then say guys listen this is this is okay here's what's going to happen x y or z i predict x we're going to go plan for why, but somewhere we'll answer in the middle. Does that, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Uh, what's kind of interesting is this, is like uh, at the beginning of the relationship, uh, some agents would be like, I need to paint a really rosy picture. And there's other agents that are like, okay, this is going to be a tough journey. 
There's going to be offers coming in out of the blue that are going to be higher than yours. This is going to happen. So where are your thoughts on, because uh, expectations are incredibly important. So I'll give you a quick example, then I'll ask you the question I want to ask. Sure. Is that one of the reasons there's restaurants that have a great reputation is uh, they've set the expectation and they always deliver on it consistently. Because yeah. we've all had the experience of going to a restaurant. Oh, you got to see this restaurant. And you go there that time and the food isn't as good as it normally is. So the same thing is true when people are going into a transaction. If we can set their expectations in reality of what what's probably going to happen, things that can go wrong, uh, you're going to feel frustrated. And when that happens, I'm here for you. So what are your thoughts on laying it all out at the front, setting expectations on what could happen versus some of the agents that go in like, I got this. It's going to be smooth. I'm your guy. Uh, what are your thoughts on realistic expectations versus getting them to sign on the dotted line? Well, it's it's vital. I mean, you need to you need to be able to communicate, uh, and I think that's where younger people or inexperienced people drop the ball is saying, "Listen, here here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to provide the best outcome possible, but here's the things that can go wrong, and here's what we are going to do if these things start to happen." So, having a clear roadmap and being able to express all of those, and you know, here's what we do also when people hire us to purchase or sell. We have these initial conversations and then we send them in an email for reference as well. Say, remember everything we talked about when, when shit starts to go south, you can reference this and let's talk back over this roadmap in this instance that things start to happen in this, in this manner so that you can, if I'm not available, if I'm busy on another showing, I have another appointment, you can then re reach this seat. Remember to re, re recite this, what we were talking about, and then talk it back over it again. So I think setting expectations and staying in constant communication through the transaction is vital because a lot of people just say, Hey, what's going on? And where people lose clients is the clients then reach out to them and say, Hey, what, what is going on with this? What is going on with X? I haven't heard anything. So staying in constant communication and staying ahead of the questions is where true people will get referral business and, and win the long life term, long term friendships um, and, and having a client for life versus having a client for a transaction, you know, being able to communicate and, and set those expectations in that the A, B or C what happens and here's what happens if A or B or C hap does happen. That's vital. I mean, you, you've got you've got to be able to do that to stand out as a profession in this career. Absolutely. So, so Brendan, I've got this Apple Pencil. Would you like to buy it? It would not be an effective way of uh, me doing a sale with you today. So, sales skills are important in real estate, but uh, sometimes they seem to be assumed. So, talk to me about uh, how important sales skills are and what realtors should do to kind of up their game in that department. Well, I think um, there's a lot to unpack there. There's that 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 can just like a, an hour long conversation in itself, and so I think where people drop the ball is learning care for clients and asking the right questions and listening, and then trying to provide value in those instances there, and so investing in teaching yourself and learning NLP and learning in higher education and continue education in your sphere is massive. And I think, you know, there's a million things you can go there, but honing your skills as a professional is, you know, 15 years in the business, I'm still learning it. And so that, that is that, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road and how you'll see the people who are in the upper echelon 
of salespeople, like the people that everyone aspires to be, the top 10%, the 1% in the, in, in the dominance in your sales market. I think that those people always invest in teaching their team and teaching themselves and teaching their admins. It's, it should be the number one thing outside of getting new clients. You should be honing how to listen better, how to talk better, better communication. How can you write better? How can you be more, the brevity in your communication, faster, better, smarter. Absolutely. It, 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 everyone should do that constantly in downtime. Absolutely. Uh, I agree with that. And I think the foundation of your business is trust. So getting that trust, maintaining that trust covers a lot of mistakes. So you may not be the best salesperson in the world, but if you've got trust, uh, you can overcome some of those gaps. When things go south, that really helps. So getting clients, uh, how important is networking? Because oftentimes there's not a direct connect between networking and getting a client. So what are your thoughts on networking as uh, one of the tools realtors use to uh, get new clients? I mean, it's... It has to be what I teach my clients or what, what I teach, what I teach my agents here in New York city is you, your success is in direct community. It's in direct. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Your success is in direct con is correlation. It's in, it's in direct correlation of how many people that you know, own an asset that you are most likely to sell, which is real estate. So if you don't know anyone, your job is then to know more people by growing that sphere that know that you are a professional. So it's, it's probably the most valuable thing to do. And it doesn't have, people think networking is knowing um, people that you know, right? Networking is also building a list of potential clients in a zip code that also know your name, that know you as a professional. So I think network, one, in a profession, people use it to be known as like, oh, attorneys, there's a sphere of, of influence you can network with. And then there is a zip code of homeowners that you can network with as well. And that's that goes into marketing. But then having a network of people that know you in some form of professional aspect, that you are a professional that sell real estate is in direct correlation to how successful you are. That's 100%. It's, it, it's hand in hand. I mean, it's the peanut butter and jelly. If, if you don't have a large network of people that know you're a real estate agent, that's why you're not selling lots of real estate. Absolutely. And I think one of the things people need to realize is I think they've done studies where uh, the average person knows 290 people. Right. And one of the ways they figured this out was to go in and say, hey, Brandon, do you know any Steves? Actually, do you know any Steves? I know three Steves. And then they go, <laughs> and do you know any Wendy's? And they kind of go down that path. Do you know any lawyers? And the average is 290 people. So the person you're talking to may not be the one, but they know a lot of people. And uh, so, yeah, I think networking is important and also staying in touch continually afterwards. Right. Yes. Because, yeah, talk to me about that. That, that follow-up and staying connected is a critical part that sometimes, maybe oftentimes gets missed. Um, I think it's where in sales, it's the biggest part that gets missed because it, it, the, the work can be transactional and it's very exciting to have a transaction. And so if you don't have a schedule where you built yourself of one, acquiring new business, which is prospecting or networking, two, working in your business, which is working on the transactions, and then three is, you know, whatever else, but that's where it is 
it, you can get lost in the transactions. You can get lost in the minutia of the killing and hunting and the deals and showing that you forget that your actual main source is to remind people or find new people to let them know that you sell real estate, that you are a super big professional and that you can help them and that you generally care about their real estate concerns, questions, right. needs, and their friends and their families. And so it is probably the most aspect, the most important aspect of the job versus showing and then making sure that your clients that you do are in the middle of helping do buy or sell real estate. Excellent. Uh, when I go into corporations to help corporations do better, there's uh, like one of the areas that always comes down is communications being a problem. Right. And uh, communicating with our clients uh, is critical. What's a good tip to maintain good communications uh, with your, uh, your clients? You know, I, I had a sales coach a long time ago that taught me was really good. He was outside. It was corporate sales. And he told me that, you know, even if there's no news, it's news. And don't assume that I know that no news is good news. I need to be told weekly that what is going on, even if there's no news, if I'm employing you, your job is to communicate that to me and let me know that you're on top of it. Mm. And, and in my younger years, that was one of my biggest hurdles when we had clients was that I would just say, oh, we don't have any news. I don't have really any updates. So I don't have no re reason to contact them. But once I actually stepped back and we started a like Monday mornings where we have like right now we have 65 active properties, 30, 25 on the market and then 35 shadow properties that so we work in new development. So our buildings have multiple things that are off listed, but it is imperative to update each one of those clients that have hired us to let them know, hey, here's how many appointments from Monday. Here's what's going on with the inquiries. Here's what's going on with the showings. No new offers, but I want to let you know when something of a big milestone happens, I will call you and we will walk through it. I don't have no reason to have a real conversation yet, but if you do have questions on this message, please call me and let me know. And I drop that in a voice note in iMessage or WhatsApp. So you don't always have to have a phone call. You, you, this can be in an email, a text message, or a video just, message. Just reassuring. Just reassuring. Just letting them know you're actually working and you're, hey, here's what's going on. Two people called. We had six showings, no offers. If you want to ask this, contact me. I'm free at three. But just to let you know, uh, here's what's a brief of the week. Reach out if you have questions and we'll get something on the calendar. You don't always have to answer the call at the drop of a dime, but you do need to communicate what is happening with their property? What is going on? Correct. Absolutely. And I think yeah. one of the things to ask uh, when you're like chatting with your clients and it could be, uh, you know, a couple, two people, it's like, you know, how would you like me to communicate with you? And how often these are the things and people will tell you, nah, I really like text or I like this, or I want constant updates and somebody else uh, just give me an overview once a week. And just asking those questions because you might need to kind of communicate with both spouses individually and just a simple question like that uh, uh, lets you know. It's it's imperative uh, because it also gives you the framework of to know how often you need to communicate with that mm. person. Like there's clients in New York City who are very wealthy, very emotional. They want to be updated three times a week. They want to talk every time there's a substance showing. And then there's other developers we work with who say, call me when you have money. Call me when you have an offer. Call me when we got something. Until then you know, feel free to update me. I probably won't even read it, but call me when you have an offer. 
but then I know he's a little more hands-off. Mm. And if there is someone who is definitely more hands-on, it lets me know that I have to carve out time to keep that relationship. So that is probably the most important thing. You know, we start a group text with all um, parties involved with the admin and the agents that are working said projects and listings with the homeowner and homeowners, spouses, or whoever's involved into a group text, label it the address and unit number or house number, whatever it is so that they can always reach someone. And then everyone is briefed on how often to communicate with that client. They like texts, they like emails, they like to be called Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they only like to be called Sunday, whatever it is. So all people within our sales team know how to communicate with that person. Absolutely, and I think uh, goes into the next area I wanted to chat about is customer service. Yeah. Because no matter where you go, which company, wherever, they go, you know what, we're great at customer service. And most of the world is not. So how do you train your, I'm sure you are, but when you have agents, they carry your brand. So how do you train them to offer a high level of service? So this goes back to a saying you may have heard, maybe not. Um, Luxury is not a number. It's an experience. Hmm. And in being treated with empathy and care and always being, let let me give you an example. Have you ever been to like a really nice uh, hotel and you walked in and the service sucked and the guy was on his phone and you thought you were paying all this money for an elevated service. And then you're like, you left and you're like, dude, the staff didn't give a shit. I was there. No one cared. I was there. And then you've been to some like bumble little beach town and they, Hey honey, how are you? Exactly. And then the guys cared and they asked, Oh, what do you want to do? And there's like, there's a great little honky tonk spot down the bar. Ask for Chris, tell him Steve sent you. And then your whole thing was like, dude, this, this whole experience was amazing because people actually took the time to listen to you. They cared about how you felt. They cared about when you were in the thing. So it, what we try to employ with our agents is that It's about the experience that the client has, that they're cared for, that their questions are answered, that we can answer A, B, and C. It goes back to what you first talked about is keeping a cool head when they're stressed and being like, look, I understand you're pissed at X, Y, and Z. What we're doing is this. We'll be ahead of it. I'll call you Tuesday to let you know what happened with what we talked about last week. And it's just about the level of service. It's communication, it's empathy, and it's repetition of that until that the outcome is done through we see it through the finish line. And if you can do that at a high level, it is one of the best experiences someone can have and will be a lifelong client. They will send you people over and over and over. And that's what it is. It's about the experience of the client through the transaction with communication and empathy and care. Yeah, one of the things as you know, team leaders is really getting people to understand that in a real way. Uh, we've all had the experience of going to a restaurant and the hostess or host come and they seat you and they say the words that they need to say. And then you go to another restaurant, they say the exact same words. The second time you just feel like you're in someone's home. And the other one was like, they said the words, but they didn't actually mean it. So intent is really, really important and continually training our staff that, you know, really mean this stuff when you do it, not go through the motions. So the last thing I wanted to chat with you about uh, on this conversation, Brendan, was time management. Because it's so easy to be busy doing stuff that doesn't produce income. How do you stay on track and how do you uh, help your agents stay on track? So this is uh, critical when you are self-employed. You have to have a schedule. 
and you have to have systematic things that you do to generate business. And I always tell this when we train people is like, look, it's, it's easy to be busy, but it's hard to be productive. Mm. So it's easy to be busy and answer emails and shuffle and go do showings and everything else. But are you doing anything productive? Are you allowing carving out hours of each day to generate new business? And it's imperative to do that in real estate because in a real estate agent, your number one job is client acquisition and then client management. So you should, the number one thing, you know, like here, here's an idea. My, my schedule is 8 a.m. to 11.30 prospecting, lunch, then client follow-up, and then showings. Every day, Monday through Friday, does not miss. And I started that years ago, and then we employ all of our people like that. So learning how to schedule and time block your time to produce new business is the most important thing to learn to become wildly successful. I, you know, listen, I grew up in Texas, so one of the the things my grandmother used to say when I was growing up is, if you got if you want to catch squirrels, you got to shake bushes. Yeah. Right. So, if to be a really successful real estate you agent, you have to go shake the bushes every morning to find new squirrels, it, or you won't have any squirrels. So Absolutely. that's you know what I mean. Like it, it, it's what you have to learn to do. You have to be. How do you want to glean clients? Identify the type of clients you want, create a schedule around finding those new clients and then working with the clients that you've procured. And that you have to rinse and repeat Monday through Sunday. So a friend of mine uh, is, uh, does uh, windows, you know, like those street front windows? Yeah. And said, that is not your job. That is your candy. That's your reward. Yeah. Your job is getting clients. Exactly. That's the hard part. And if you can do that, you get the reward of being creative and do the other stuff. Two last questions for you, Brandon. Sure. Then uh, you get to ask me a question. Yeah. So uh, question one, in real estate, what's the best advice you've ever gotten to be a better agent? Ask more questions. Um, and be the second one. Okay, I take that back. My first one... I got from a sales coach was that I wasn't professionally persistent enough that I didn't take enough no's and I didn't ask for enough commitments. Somebody, I'm not sure who the hell I was talking to listening to yesterday. I was, uh, somebody was saying that when they would come home, uh, their dad would ask them, where did you fail today? That was his number one question. Good one. Cause it said, if you're not failing, then you're not trying. And so he wasn't concerned about the wins. He was concerned about what did you fail at today? And they had to come home every day. It's like, oh, I tried to like uh, do this thing and it didn't work out. It was horrible. And he goes, high five, congratulations, to really train them to to go beyond the comfort zone. That's what I tell our agents now. Um, like, listen, your no is the start of a negotiation. Yep. No doesn't mean it. They don't. No means not right now. Wrong. No time means now. I'm interested. Yeah. No, no means no. There's difference between I'm not interested. Don't contact me versus, Hey, look, I'm, I'm okay. That's wrong time, wrong place. You haven't added enough value for them to stop and listen to you yet. So you need to keep figuring out what is valuable to them over and over, over time, you will turn them into a client. You know, I have, there's a great video on my YouTube channel about how I contacted a guy once a week for 52 weeks. And then he finally signed up a $60 million condo building with me. Love it. I'm going to use that story, actually. You should. It's on my YouTube channel. I, he answered me twice in 52 weeks. So in, in 
two weeks, he answered, what does this mean? Explain that more. And then six months of a, every week, me contacting him, he finally called me, you know, the second time he answered out of the, out of the 52, the second, the second one in those year, he said, why don't we come take a meeting? And that resulted in $60 million worth of condos for sale in Soho, New York, just a couple blocks from here. Ah, love it. What's the advice you want to give people a mind hack that would, uh, help agents uh, be better, stronger, faster? Better, stronger, faster. Um, I want people to, what I see the biggest problem that real estate agents don't do is invest back into their business and for client acquisition. Get a coach on how to how to how to call how to how to time management how to time block how to be better how what kind of book should I read to be smarter what how do I become a better manager as running a team because you have to learn all of these different aspects one when you start you have to be a good salesperson then you have to learn how to be a good manager when you start growing a team and then there's just invest back in yourself if if you don't know what you're doing wrong hire someone outside to help you start figuring it out because you will never figure it out all on your own. All right. Uh, B- Brendan, you get to ask me a question. Like when's this podcast over? <laughs> no, this is good. These are all really good questions. I enjoy talking about this stuff, by the way. Um, what kind of advice do you have for someone who's been in 15 years in business? What do you think I can improve on? So all of us have fear and anxiety that comes up in certain parts of this industry. And what we need to do is to figure out, you know, what is causing that this. So I was uh, doing a presentation to a hundred realtors in Burlington, Ontario for this super large uh, uh, brokerage. They've got a thousand agents. So a hundred of them in the room and we're talking about, you know, where's the fear stopping you from prospecting or asking for referrals, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And how many transactions a month is that costing you? And the average came back was two transactions and two transactions a month less uh, is a huge number. Huge. And so it's uh, realizing that if we can break through that fear, that it would have a huge impact on our earning and on our satisfaction. So the question back to you, Brandon, is where's one area where you wish you were better? I wish that's tough. There's a lot. I wish I was probably more organized with running a team. Now I I get pulled away from prospecting to grow my own business. I wish I was more dialed in and more no, where I used to prospect five days a week. I still prospect about two and a half to three. And I wish I could keep it to maybe even four hours, four days a week. And right. I could delegate more. I'm trying to figure out how to delegate more off to get back because for me to get from say 150, $200 million in sales annually, I want to get to five. I need to either find out how to replicate me or do more of what makes the money work. And I'm at that impasse of trying to figure that out. Yeah. So that's a, uh, it's a great place to be in, like uh, already successful. And one of the things that's interesting is people that are at the top of their game, they know where the issues are. Yeah. And, uh, and if they never fix them, they still have a beautiful life. But part of being at the top of the game is it's not about the money for a lot of people. It's about, Hey, that number has to be hit because it needs hitting. And uh, that's what I want to do. So we'll talk about that kind of stuff offline, Brandon. The other thing leaders do, which uh, is they're transparent. 
And it's not like, look at me, I know everything. It's like, hey, I'm on the journey with you. But uh, one of the things you're doing that I really love is you're walking your talk. It's like, I want to do more prospecting because that's what it takes to be successful. It's not, you get to a certain level and you get to take your foot off the gas. Uh, I'll tell you one quick story before we kind of leave is one of my friends who uh, they do recruiting and he's got this company. And what he would do is when he did his uh, prospecting calls, he'd leave his corner office and come in the bullpen every day and make the calls with everybody else. Just to model is like, doesn't matter if you own the company, this is the job and I'm going to do it with you guys. Brandon, thank you so much for being on the program. I really enjoyed the conversation and learned a lot. Hey, I appreciate your time, sir. This was this was fun, and um, thank you. This is cool. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 